Welcome back, guys, to the OnlyFans Management Automations Podcast. And I have a super special episode for you guys today. So I'm super excited because this guy is a legend. If you're just only on OnlyFans YouTube, you might not know about him yet because he hasn't launched his YouTube yet. But he's definitely a legend within the OnlyFans community, within Telegram. He's written about in different blogs and, and case studies. This guy, if you've ever bought a creator from a marketplace, then you probably heard of him. He is the king of recruiting. And uh, again, like I said, a legend in the OnlyFans marketing space. Welcome to the show, BTZ. What's up, BTZ? How's it going? Thank you. Thank you. Going great. Happy to be on the podcast. Talk to some people. Um, show people what uh, what I've been up to. Tell people what I have going on. And uh, yeah, a lot of exciting stuff. Yeah, you you actually do quite a lot. Like you're like a really busy person. Not only are you a busy person, I, I keep seeing um, travel pictures that you post in your Telegram once in a while. You just came back from Tulum. Um, saw some crazy pictures from Tulum. Where are you at right now? And and kind of like what's going on in your life? Yeah, so definitely was traveling a lot the past couple of months. But um, I came back to Toronto, Canada, which is my home base. I've been here now for bit over a month. Uh, I have my office here where my other business runs out of and a few of my smaller OnlyFans operations run out of out of this office as well. Um, and yeah, right now I'm just in deep grind mode. Uh, definitely blew up on Telegram and that's given me a lot of opportunity, a lot of daily DMs, uh, a lot more creators have been onboarded. So I decided to stop traveling so much and just, um, just be a lot more focused. Uh, I'm going to be going to Miami at the end of April. So if anyone uh, wants to link up there, I, I love meeting up with people in the in the OnlyFans space. But uh, as of right now, yeah, I'm just mainly in Toronto. This is where my home base is. My office is here. My entire team is here. I have multiple assistants here. All my assistants that anyone has seen on Telegram, they're all local to me. So yeah, my whole my, my whole life is here. And that's that's where I get the best work. But what you saw in Tulum, that was uh, that was actually a month trip where I was working with my business partner, DK, who you guys may see in my OnlyFans group on Telegram. Um, we we live together there and we we launched a lot of stuff in regards to OnlyFans as well. Like he's he's more so the automation side, the coding side, the tech guy. And I'm the marketing guy and handling the girls and stuff like that. So we did that together. Um, because he lives in Dubai and I live in Toronto, but we wanted to meet up. So we met up in Tulum and now he's actually moving to Toronto mid-April. So we're going to be together and we're going to be scaling our girls heavily. How was the, how's the internet working for you in Tulum? It was actually good. It was not bad at all. We got a nice villa and the internet was good. All right. All right. You're, you're one of the lucky ones. Most people that go to Tulum, they're like without power and without internet for a long time. You you mentioned you were going to Miami. Is this, are you opening up a second office or is this just like a little mini vacation? What's going on in Miami? Well, so that's actually my business partner's birthday. And this is a, a different business partner in my SMMA side. Uh, so got to show respect. Got to go have fun with him as well. So I'm just going to be there for a couple of days. I'm going to bring uh I'm going to bring a girl with me as well, who is one of my assistants on the OnlyFans side. So she's still going to be there with me right beside, making sure all operations are running smooth. Uh, she's the one that handles a lot of stuff in the marketplace. And then also is the one who befriends my creators and talks to them and tells them what to do, how to do it and stuff like that. 
Nice. So, okay. So when we say the recruitment king, explain to me what that means. Yeah. Well, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. Anyone who goes onto my channels will see that uh, I started the, the, the marketplace in, I think it was early December, early to mid December. And fast forward to now, which is about four months later, I have over 800 models there and it started from zero. And now when you see the model number, it's over 800. So I know there's people out there who are, are recruiting powerhouse and recruiting a lot, but so far, at least in the telegram space and the marketplace space, I've never seen anybody recruit that many models, um, over 800 models recruited to date. And yeah, so I think, I think the numbers speak for themselves. A lot of great vouchers, a lot of uh, great reviews from people and yeah. Yeah, man. So for, for those that are listening in that are kind of new to the whole Telegram space and are, un are unaware of BTZ's channels, BTZ, can you explain how many Telegram channels do you have right now? And then also when you said you started in December, are you saying just four months ago, December two, uh, 2022? Yes, yes, that's right. December 2022 is when I started the marketplace. Um, I wasn't involved in the OnlyFans space before that as well. Like I was running a few creators. Um, it was, it wasn't huge back then as it wasn't as big as it is now, definitely now I'm doing a lot better, but, um, I basically developed really good systems for recruitment and I was getting more creators than I can handle. So I decided to open up the marketplace. I saw a big, big gap in the market. Um, there was another marketplace there. There was the biggest one. It was a public marketplace, which I actually ended up acquiring. I bought from, uh, I bought it from the owner and that, now I own that. But, uh, but yeah, so to, to say which channels that I have, I have quite a few. I have the OnlyFans Marketplace, which is something as of today is around 2,900 members. We're closing into 3,000 subscribers, sorry, not members for a channel. So we have almost 3,000 subscribers on the, on the OnlyFans Model Marketplace. Uh, I have about a thousand subscribers in the services channel and in the services channel, I don't really sell too, too much there. Like I just plug in a few links and that's it. And tools that I use plus my review channel for the, for the, for the model marketplace. And as well, I also plug my free groups in there. Now I have two free groups. Um, it's the OFM empire, which is basically just a general OFM group for people to come in, talk where I show a lot of my results where I post screenshots of um, of my creators. I keep the community informed about what models are coming, how we do our processes. I gave office tours on the groups, um, the office that I'm in right now, where I run all my operations from. And yeah, and then I also have a BTZ Reddit network group, which funny enough, not a lot of people know that group was started in mid 2022 when I was heavily running Reddit on some of my creators and I spoke to a few guys from Germany and the Netherlands and we had a tight knit group of uh, six or seven people and an upvote provider and we were just using it privately. And then I realized I was like, okay, a lot of people need this. So I opened that group up to the public and that group was even made before my marketplace channel and before my OFM empire group. So I just kept that the way it is. I made it a group dedicated to Reddit because Reddit was a big traffic source that I used for my creators personally. So yeah, those are, those are the main ones. And then the only other one that I have is the OFG model marketplace, uh, with, with that group, that that's the, that's the public model marketplace, which I acquired from 
someone named Nathan Aston. I was in his group, in his network. I bought his course in his group. Uh, and he opened that for people to sell the models. And then he didn't want it anymore. And he wanted it to go into good hands. So me and him made a deal between us. I acquired that from him. And on that group, basically, almost anybody can post. Well, anybody can post for free if they have models. They just need to go through my verified middleman, which is Henry. And the reason for that is because there's tons of scammers in the space. So I wanted to make sure that we keep the we keep people protected and not getting their money stolen. So yeah, that's basically the public marketplace side. And then I have the private one, which is the big one, which everyone knows, which is BTZ's OnlyFans model marketplace. So that's five five groups and channels, I think, in total so far. I am planning on building more, but so far that's what I have up and running. Okay, so just to try to get the timeline right, it sounds like December 2022 is where you started taking over recruiting as a big part of your business. But before that, you used to dabble with a few creators in the OnlyFans space, marketing your own creators on Reddit. How long have you been doing that for before you got into um, the, the marketplace business? Yeah, great question. So quite a few people asked that. And when I first, first started looking into OnlyFans, um, it was actually in May, 2022, okay, where I went to New York just as a trip, just for a trip. It was, it was actually with DK, Daniel, the, the partner that I was telling you about earlier, who you guys see in my group sometimes. And we went to New York for a trip. We met up with a guy uh, who had a pretty decent social media presence. And um, he was telling us about how he put his girlfriend on OnlyFans. And I was like, hmm, interesting. And that's all it took for me. Like, I just went home after after that trip, started looking into OnlyFans. The first course that I found, Nathan Astin's, I bought that, uh, got into the group and started started learning, started researching. And I launched my first girl in June of 2022, like June, June 20th, June 21st. So the the towards the end of June 2022. Um and yeah, like. A lot of people, if, if they are in, in Nathan's chats, like you can even go and search up BTZ within his chats and you'll see me chatting there um, before the marketplace, before everything where, you know, I'm just networking with people, talking OnlyFans strategies, what I'm doing, um, sharing tips with each other, learning from other people back when I was just a beginner. And yeah, so I, I was doing that only between June to December. And then after I started getting the groove of things, I started getting better with traffic. I knew what was going on and I knew how to make some money with creators. I started going hard on recruiting and that was what caused the whole marketplace to be born in December. Okay. Um, so, so it's almost been a year since you've been almost. in the business. Yeah. Almost. Between that, that time and now, how would you describe how the business has changed and how do you see the velocity of this industry? Okay, so it's changed a lot in terms of you have to do you have to make sure that you're doing a lot more quality content. And what I mean by that is this. Like back back then, I know it's it hasn't been too too long, but back then, like it was a lot easier to go viral on TikTok. So a lot easier traffic to uh, it was a lot easier to get traffic from TikTok. It was a lot easier to get traffic from Reddit as well, because every day that goes on. OnlyFans is getting more and more saturated. So something I noticed back then was with Reddit, especially like 
you can have a lot worse quality content and not put too much effort. Well, not put as much as you need now and get way more subscribers, right? Now, Reddit is still viable. TikTok is still viable and you can still make a bunch of money and get a bunch of subscribers, but you have to put in a bit more effort, make your content a lot higher quality. A lot of people think that in OnlyFans now, it's just quantity, like put out content, put out content, be consistent, blah, 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 which is true. You do have to do that. But the most important part is actually quality. So you got to make sure that the quality of what you're putting out is 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 high. So in terms of what's changed, I noticed that's that's uh, that's one of the main things. Also, dating apps. Like when I got started, I launched dating apps heavily. And it was a lot easier to get around all the shadow bans and um, and and get profiles verified. But then there was uh, there was updates with both Bumble and Tinder, um, which made it harder to verify, harder to stay not shadow banned. Like the success rate of live profiles was a lot lower um, towards the end of 2022 in compared to when I started. I know a lot of people have started even way before me, and they can attest to the same thing. Like. Things are just getting harder as it gets more saturated. But now to answer the second part of your question, the reason why that's happening is because it's getting more saturated and people are seeing that there's an opportunity to make money here. It's the same thing that I'm seeing that happened with e-commerce. So I actually started um, in the whole SMMA and e-commerce space in 2017. Um, late, sorry, late 2016 is when I looked into it. And then 2017 is when I really started pushing on it. And I'm kind of seeing the same thing happening now that happened back then. You know, it was a little bit less talked about e-commerce and SMMA. Only some people were doing it. A lot of people were, were seeing success and it was less saturated. But then as time went on, the word got out there that this is a good Wi-Fi money opportunity. And it got more saturated, which means you have to put more quality into your work. And that stuck. So now with SMMA and e-commerce, still viable. It's a lot more saturated, a lot more competitive. But it's still viable if you do quality work, you know, if you don't just rush and do stuff half-assed. And I see OnlyFans going that same way because now everyone and their mom is going to know about OnlyFans. And that's a huge risk, actually, because if all the simps and the subscribers know about what's going on, then that means less money for us because they're going to catch on and they're going to know that they're talking to a chatter instead of the actual girl. So that's something that... Um, I don't want to happen and something I think this industry is a lot more at risk from saturation than something like e-commerce and uh, SMMA because of that. But you can also argue people said the same thing with e-commerce where usually the, the, the customer for e-commerce stores was like middle-aged women in their 30s, 40s. So people would say, oh, these women are going to catch on that it's just some kid shipping it from China. But that never really happened because people made it high quality, right? People made the brand look good. People got good, real reviews and all that. So the same thing can happen with OnlyFans. The Simpsons subscribers may be like, oh, am I talking to a chat or am I talking to you? Well, there's ways that you can show that quality, right? Something that yeah. I've done, actually. Something that I've done. And, and I can share some screens as well and show you guys some numbers. But... Um, this is a really, really big one. And I recommend a lot of people do this. It's, uh, it's a bit harder to do and you got to train chatters and understand the, the psychology behind it. But I launched a new creator uh, last month. And this month, as of, as of now, I think we did about seven or 8,000 um, in the first eight or nine days, which is not bad. A, a lot of people do a lot better than that, but uh, it's, it's pretty good. We're on pace to 
do 30 to 40K with her this month. And we're not even running heavy traffic, but we have a very high LTV. We're getting a lot of money per subscriber. And the reason is this, the, the perceived value of that creator is very high because we kind of branded her in a way where she's a shy new girl who doesn't send out nudes, who doesn't like to do that and just kind of has to go on OF. And every, all of her socials around that show that as well. You know, she's an artist and she comes off as an artist who happens to have an OF. So then people are like, okay, so this isn't just another OF girl who's working with an agency. This is a real girl, okay, who happens to have an OF. And because of that, we get to charge premiums. And our AOV is off the charts. Like we're getting, we're getting uh, from like $300 in subscribers, we we pulled in six or 7,000 in, in messages and tips, which is pretty crazy. Like that's, that's a lot of people don't see those type of numbers. So I think if you really push on quality and make sure that um, the way you're branding your creators is, is in a way that isn't just another OF girl, then you can beat that saturation and still succeed as the industry gets more saturated. Yeah, 100%. To add to your point, um, I, I read a study where people that had really rich looking aesthetics in their pictures were getting paid a lot more than people that had poor looking aesthetics. And the reason for that is whenever the simp is watching the content, if the person looks poor or they, they look like, you know, they're not like the shy girl that, that values their nudity, their NSFW content, that they're more exploitable. So they can charge much less for it. So branding absolutely 100% is probably one of the most important things. BTZ, you actually see a lot of new people jumping into this industry, especially because um, you know, you see the flow of the marketplace. So you're 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 talking to everyone that's in the marketplace. You know a lot of people. What are some of the most common mistakes that you see over and over again that frustrates you about new people coming into this business? Oh, you're 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 really riling me up on this one, man, especially recently because of how much the marketplace has grown. I have a very, very high influx of new beginner agencies coming in and purchasing models from us. And, you know, we even give them a model purchase information sheet, right? And, and we tell them like, here's how we recommend that you go ahead and onboard the model. Here's how we recommend that you speak with the model, right? But we see people doing stuff in such an unprofessional way. And there's both pros and cons to this, depending on how you're looking at it, which I'll explain both. But something that really bothers me is that people just think that like, like these girls are not just a, a product that you sell, you know, you actually need to communicate with them as a human and think about the psychology. At the end of the day, this is a woman, this whole business. Okay. If you understand how to deal with women, okay. And how to motivate them and make them comfortable and feel supported in a certain way then they're going to do everything that you want them to. They're going to be compliant, okay? They're going to deliver content when you want them to. They're going to never question you, and they're going to do exactly what you need to do so that you can make money. And if you don't know how to deal with women, you're not going to succeed in this business. So one thing that I really don't like is people who have no clue how to deal with women. Um, I, don't want to, I don't want to shit on people or call them geeks or anything like that, but they just treat them like, like a robot. And they're just, like we would connect a model with a buyer and then just be like, Hey, here's your drive. Please upload everything. And I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Get on a call with her. 
show her some of your results. Like for me, right away when I when I onboard a new girl, I'm like, all right, super happy to get this going. Let me show you some some uh, some examples of what we're doing with some girls. I would go, I'd pull out my phone. Like usually, I Facetime them. Okay, I pull out my phone, I Facetime them, I put it on, I put Inflow up on my computer, literally Facetime. I'm like, here, you see, we did this, 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 and that. Here's her TikTok profile. Here's how she did this. We're also here. We have. Um, here we have an anti-detect browser running some dating profiles. And what we're going to do is we're going to put you on some of those. But what we need from you to do that is X. And then we give them a whole process sheet as well, your weekly requirements and all that. You know, I may be rambling on a little bit about this, but the, the overall premise is that people, people don't know how to run a business and people don't know how to talk to women. Like, I talk to them super friendly, super jumpy. I send them smiley faces. You know, it may sound stupid in a business perspective, but like you got to send smiley faces. You got to have some emojis. You got to, you got to realize that you're talking to women at the end of the day. You still got to be stern, right? You still got to be assertive and in a position of authority, but you got to remember who your client is and the best way to deal with them to make them feel comfortable. So that's definitely something that pisses me off for sure. 100%. That, that's actually pretty insightful. There's this book. It's called Traction. The The name of the author, um, I can't think of the name of the author, but it's a really good book for small businesses. And one of the things that they kind of, um, one point that they try to drive home is you get a lot of employee churn because the employees, they don't buy into the vision of the business, either because the, the leader doesn't know how to sell that vision to their employees. But when you're a leader of a business, you're not only selling to customers, you're also selling to your employees. And if you can't do that, if you can't bring them onto your vision, then you're probably going to have a tough time. So you gave some pretty good examples on how you do that. You get onto a personal call, you show them some um, case examples of what you've done. So it gets the model excited. Um, what else would you recommend someone doing to make sure that they're starting with the model on the right foot, that they're decreasing um, creator churn? Because I, I think this is one of the huge problems within the industry. A lot of new agencies will start with the model. They'll usually mess up with the first model and they'll kind of figure it out after they kind of cycle through a few models. So what would you suggest for someone that's kind of trying to accelerate that where they don't want to damage other people's careers and they want to be able to do things the right way the first time? Okay. Number one, get on a call. You need to, you need to have them feel comfortable with you. Like if, if the model is not comfortable with you, if you guys can't be friendly, if she doesn't feel like you are someone worth talking to, and even aside from a business perspective, just like a cool human being, she's not going to do what you need her to do. So get on a call with her and have some goddamn confidence and have processes in place so you can tell them exactly what you're going to do and how you're going to do it so they can automatically feel like they trust you, right? Don't just immediately start requesting them do this do this do that when you never even spoke to them they don't know how you look like like a lot of people do do this remotely without a personal level but it's so much harder to do that it is way harder to do that so right away build a personal relationship with the girl and i'm not saying spend so many days texting her back and forth gossiping fuck that you don't got to do that but what you got to do is build build a relationship that allows you guys to cultivate a working relationship you know um and that requires trust that requires showing results, showing your competence, showing your confidence at the end of the day, because you are a man talking to a woman, women feed off confidence and women like a strong man who can lead them and tell them what to do in order to help them and guide them to success. So definitely do that. 
And I, honestly, I would say that's that's the main point. Like if they trust you and 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 you can build some sort of friendly relationship with them, women are pretty forgiving. Like they'll if if they if they trust you and believe in you, you can even mess up a couple of times and they'll stick around and you can figure it out. And if they leave, then they leave. But I would say that's the number one thing. Like I've had when I was starting out, I had a girl wait for a month and a half with no results, and she stuck it out, and then we started seeing results. So I would say that's the number one thing. Now, the number two thing, which something that I started doing recently, um, I've sent a bunch of pictures of, of this on my group and like showing how much it helps, but having other women in your agency talk to your creators. So my main assistant, which is also a girl who lives with me and who is around me a lot and is involved in many aspects in my life, she is tasked with befriending all of my creators. So she'll even PM them. Like she's in our group chats with the creators, right? But she'll private message them and ask them, oh, how's your day? Oh, you did so good on your TikTok. Oh, I'm jealous of you. You know, you have such pretty hair. Literally nonsense like that just to befriend them. And then the creators will be like, what? No, you're so pretty. You're so cute, blah, 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 blah. They love that, right? You build a, a friendly feminine relationship with someone within your company, okay? So then you can tell, like what I tell her is when this creator needs feedback, like let's just say she did a TikTok poorly. So I tell my assistant, okay, I'm like, tell her, tell her that she did this wrong and another creator did it right and these were her results. So then I have a woman tell another woman and sometimes, you know, your creators will get defensive. They'll take things personally if you tell them they're not doing a good job. But if it comes from a woman who's doing it from a place of, oh, I want to help you. I notice that the compliance is so much better that way. So if you can have even another creator of yours, if you can put, I see a lot of people, they have struggles with recruiting multiple creators that, you know, they'll have one or two or three that are doing very well and they have trouble with the other ones. And I even noticed whales. Okay. Like I work with a lot of big people in this industry and I see people doing multiple six figures a month per girl can't scale for some reason because they can't bring on other girls. You know, maybe they got lucky with one or two other girls who trust them and stayed and they're amazing marketers, amazing business people. So they do very well, but like they can't hook the new girls for some reason. So they come to me and then I recruit the girls and all that, but they don't know what they're doing in terms of that sense. So I was like, guys, you want to scale this? Use your, your top creator. Tell her here, you're going to get a little bonus. Tell her you'll get this, you'll get that. Help me coach my other creators, be involved in the process. That's that's a huge tip that I would use for everyone. Um, if if you have a creator already who trusts you and works with you, or if you have a girlfriend, or if you have women in your life who want to work with you and help you, like have them befriend your creators. It's not talked about a lot, but I think that's a huge thing that will help a lot for trying to scale this business. One hundred percent, man. When I first started, we I, I had a um, an assistant who was female. She handled the recruiting. She handled talking to everything. She handled any questions about bonuses or pay or leave or or whatever. Um, it, she gave me so much peace because if I didn't have to deal with the creators myself, it was just so much better. As soon something happened where we had to get rid of this person. And as soon as we got rid of the person, almost everything started imploding because all of the complaints and questions started coming to me. And I think men kind of handled it a little bit differently than a woman would. And then just like you said, women are more receptive to other women. They're not really receptive to men. 
depends on the context, but usually when when it's coming from a man, they're you know they they're already on guard. They're thinking that they're going to mansplain you. So having a woman on your team is such a huge thing. Um, and yeah, it's something that I've definitely experienced my myself. BTZ in your marketplace when you sign creators with other agencies what kind of churn do you normally see like what would be normal yeah that's a great question it is it is quite high that's something that i've been open about and i've always been transparent about that it is unfortunate um but that also means that my refund rate is very high because I, I, I do this extremely clean and I refund a lot of people. But I would say the average refund rate from my marketplace is between 40 to 50%. So it is unfortunate, but it's a combination of things. It's one, a combination like of the woman leaving, of the, of the creator not putting in the work, being sluggish. Like that happens for sure. Like you can't avoid that in this business that happens. And I understand that. And then if someone doesn't want to work with the creator because of that, no problem, instant refund. Although I do notice that a lot of it is from the agency's fault as well. You know, they're they're They don't have a proper onboarding process. They don't know how to talk to them. And then the creator ends up leaving because of that. Now in those situations, I still refund. I still refund just because I want to do this so cleanly. And I want to cultivate a good space for everyone to get started. Um, I've built a great brand. I've built a great network. And I still refund. And the way I've tried to combat that is now I'm um, I'm working on a completely free course, something that I've mentioned recently on my groups. Completely free. I'm not charging for it at all. Um, obviously, it still will benefit me, right? Because if people know what they're doing, then I'll have a lower refund rate. And I can continue growing the marketplace and seeing better returns from that because I'll have a lower refund rate. But, um, but yeah, it's on a, on a good week, it's 35, 40%. Usually the averages are like mid, mid forties, but some, some weeks it gets as bad as 50%. Yeah, that's, that's a, a fair, honest answer. And that's probably something that you would probably expect because trying to get the agency with the right creator. I mean, it's kind of a little game till you find some kind of alignment. Um, when you're, forgot my other question was there anything else that you wanted to add while I'm like thinking about this other question yeah I think that um I think one more thing that people can do is go into these communities okay and don't just buy a model okay don't just buy a model and expect it to work but even ask like I have a bunch of free communities be like hey guys how would you recommend an onboard model? Does someone have some free resources? And like we give them some resources, but you know, maybe there's other, maybe there's other people that have different resources than I do and they can help. And something I've seen is that people are super, super helpful. Like there are a lot of communities and groups in the OFM space that are very um trollish. They like they like to troll, they like to mess around, they like to lead people in the wrong way. That's something I've seen a lot. And I get a lot of heat for banning them. But uh, and, and listen, I'll partake in the jokes sometimes, too, and, and, and troll around a little bit, but only in a few select groups. Um, but there are some groups where people are actually helpful and they want to help each other out. You know, maybe it's like one beginner here and one beginner here. Now, this beginner has this knowledge, but he doesn't have his knowledge. And then this this uh, beginner has his knowledge, but he doesn't have that guy's knowledge. So they combine their knowledge and then in turn, both of them know a bit more and they're helping each other. And it's a mutual value exchange. Now. 
one thing I don't want people to do is go to the biggest guy, you know, and be like, Hey bro, how do you do this? And just like out of the blue, like for instance, a totally new guy, um, out of nowhere goes and asks someone, Hey bro, can you give me your method for, for Tinder? Like something like that. Don't do that because that's not going to get you anywhere. And I have that all the time. I, I get so many DMs. It's, it's, it's unfortunate um, because a lot of people will just message, hey, hi, and be super lazy or be like, hey, bro, how do you recruit models? Hey, bro, how do you do TikTok? Like never spoken to them, never said anything on my group, nothing. Now, obviously, I don't run a charity here. You know, I can't just go and answer every single person because I am busy with my own businesses and all that. So I think a lot of people are lazy and they just, that's how they do things. They just go to whoever they think um, can give them some answers and they'll ask some dumb question like that. Instead of saying, going on a public group and being like, hey, anyone been in this similar situation? I did this and this and this, achieved this. And this is what I need help with. Anyone who can exchange with me would love to get in contact. If people just did that and approached it in like a mature way, you know, um, in, a, in a humble way, as in like, I don't know this, but I know this. If someone can talk, you know, let, let's exchange, let's, let's, let's chat. I think people would get a lot farther and there wouldn't, uh, there wouldn't be as many of the bigger guys wanting to troll people because they act like idiots. So that's one thing that, you know, if anyone in my group is watching, I'm sure many people will, please do take that and act on that. Please don't message me. Hey, hi, how are you? Um, because it does flood the DMs. So I don't mean to come off as snobbish or anything like that. You know, I love chatting on my group. Anyone in my group will know that. I love chatting there. Um, but it does clog up the DMs. And it's not just to me, to everyone. So come with a purpose. Come with maturity. Come with something to back you up, even if it's small. Okay? You, you can start from zero and have something to back you up still if you put in the effort without talking to anyone. And you can find someone to exchange value with you. So, yeah. Yeah, man. I think I think a lot of people send DMs because I have a group myself. People send me DMs as well. I feel like they're probably shy to ask in the bigger group. They don't want to, you know, um, seem like they're stupid. But the way that you explained it, that does really add a lot of value to a group because now you can see, even for a beginner, how someone's going through a process, where they get stuck. If you already know the answer, you can help. Even if you don't know the answer, it's a good thought experiment. You can try to figure out how to come up with a good solution. So that's like adding a lot of value in the way that you ask a question. You said that you really enjoy Telegram groups, Brian. Um, what is one group that you really enjoy that's not your own? Hmm. That's a good one. I'm going to pull up my Telegram right now just because I have a lot of groups and I'm going to tell you exactly. So what, okay. The first one that I ever started with, which I still enjoy to this day and basically was my starting point was OFG, which is Nathan Aston's group. I do have a link to that in my group as well. Um, that's a really, really good one. You know, there's a lot of good people that I met there. It was great. Um, so I recommend that if you're looking for a more of a fun, laid back approach where, you know, there's a little bit of trolling, but still really, really high earners in there, you want to go to N-O-B-H. Uh, that's a really, really good one. If you need a link for that, you can ask me as well. But Probably the most toxic, toxic group out there. <laughs> definitely, definitely toxic. I will say definitely toxic, but something that people don't know is there are a lot of high earners in there and they, they come from toxic um, 
environments and toxic groups in the EW space. I don't want to say the full word because of the platform that we're on, but if you know, you know, they come from the EW space and they have some of the best tips and tricks that are there. Now, if you're a straight beginner and you go in and just asking questions like that, they're going to laugh at you. Come with some value, you know, something that I can recommend to people. If you're good at TikTok, okay, and you want to learn about dating apps, go into these quote unquote toxic communities, which they can be toxic, but show that you know your shit with TikTok and other sources and then ask to exchange value on dating app traffic. That's something that I've done. I've always went and exchanged value, exchanged sauce, and that is a good place. I do enjoy it sometimes just to get a little bit of a laugh. You know, I manage a lot of groups and sometimes it does get stressful. So I like to go into these groups and mess around a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Wait, okay, so the next question, I'm gonna ask you about two different tactics and, and strategies that you used. Um, one tactic and strategy is something that's evergreen that will probably work from today and to the future. And the second one that I'm that I'm hoping that you will share with us is one that's fleeting, one that's working today, but probably won't last that long. Tactic and it could be for it could be for whatever goal. It could be for recruiting. It could be for um, getting more traffic. I think getting traffic is probably one of the most um, like most desired solution people are are looking for. Because even if you don't have a creator, if you have traffic, you're still good, right? Right. Okay. Well, one that's going to be evergreen, I would say, and people underestimate this is Instagram. Instagram is going to be around a long time. It has been around a long time. It was kind of like the birth of the influencer. Um, I know I mentioned earlier that like the new girl um, type of branding is better, but like you could still build a big influencer brand around the girl, but just make the exclusive brand around her, which means she doesn't sell full scenes for $20 and she still is very hesitant to share everything because of her big name and all that. But if you can harbor traffic onto Instagram, that's going to stay with you a long time. Now I know there's a lot of Instagram bands and stuff like that, and that does happen, but there are connections out there who can unban them. And I have some of those. So I think Instagram is going to be evergreen. If you can build an influencer status on Instagram, then you'll crush it. There's a guy in my group right now. Okay who just does Instagram. He just builds Instagram influences. Doesn't barely does TikTok, doesn't do Reddit, doesn't do dating apps, doesn't do Twitter. Well, he does a little bit of Twitter as well, but his main thing is Instagram. He's pulling six figures a month just from that. So in terms of evergreen, build your girl's Instagram, put effort into it, have your girl post daily, show her life, you know, brunch, mall, walking dog, mirror selfie, everything to show that she's a real girl, and you'll snowball. So that's in terms of evergreen. Now, in terms of fleeting, I'm sure a lot of people heard about this, um, but there is a lot of uh, there's a lot of talks about TikTok being banned. So I think that and TikTok the algorithm is like something we've never seen. It's it's free traffic, free virality. Like yeah, you have Instagram Reels and stuff and other platforms that can do that, but nothing comes close to TikTok in terms of free virality and free impressions in the millions, nothing, nothing can come close to TikTok. So you need to master TikTok. You need to look for the trending sounds. You need to look at what is 
going viral right now and how they're doing it and the quality of their videos. You, you can copy their video one-to-one, -one, but you still won't go viral because you're doing it a shit way. Bad lighting, bad phone quality, bad clothes, not close enough. You have a shine from your ring light, whatever it may be. Um, master TikTok because who knows how long it's going to be here and maybe it will get banned. Maybe the algorithm will change and you won't have such easy virality anymore. Maybe they're going to ban all OF creators. A lot of OF is... Yeah, a lot of OF creators are getting banned right now, but there are ways to get around it. And there's ways that you can get traffic for your creators. So maps or TikTok. Now, in terms of dating apps, I wouldn't say that's fleeting because with dating apps, what I realized is that every time a patch or update comes out, it makes it stuff harder. But dating apps are always going to be here. Dating apps are always going to be here. So if you can stay in the loop of how to do dating apps, Make the make the connections and build yourself a network where you can chat about the current methods that are working for dating apps, then you'll do very well. That's something that can stay evergreen. Just every couple of months, you'll have to shift your strategy because you'll have lower success rate with live active profiles. So for that, it could be evergreen. You just need to get yourself in with the right people and talking to the right communities and the right networks to stay up to date with those. Now, the way I did that was I built my own dating app team and I have multiple VAs. Thankfully, one of them was like my lead dating app guy. He does this for a lot of people and we kind of share him a little bit. And he, he, he uses strategies for multiple people and he reports it and we fund him to test. We fund him to test. Now, look, I'm not a techie guy. There's a lot of people here who are running dating apps doing six figures a month. And they know everything. They know everything about how to um, re reverse engineer the API of Tinder, Bumble, whatever it may be, and to just absolutely rail the traffic. I'm not like that. But what I do like to do is hire competent people. Yes, there are competent VAs. Um, there are competent, like I wouldn't say from the Philippines for this certain task. You want to look at uh, India. India for this, like the, the really techie guys in India, you know, not just like the, the, the beginner VA who's doing simple tasks, but like a techie guy from India who, who is working on this a lot. That's what I did personally. I found a great guy and he's constantly testing stuff. And then that allows me to take his results, okay, and feed it to the networks that I'm in. And there's a mutual value exchange. And then they can tell me, oh, I tried that. It worked, but I also tried this. Have your guy try that. And then I go, my team will go and they'll try that. And then we'll share the results together. And what I've seen is it's like a wave, you know? Sometimes you'll have more success with Tinder, then Bumble, then uh, then Tinder. And then, then uh, an update comes and then Bumble's better. And then everyone starts pu pushing Bumble again. Recently, you guys will see a bunch of people selling Bumble method. Garbage, okay? Bumble got a little bit easier. Everyone took the opportunity to then make a quick buck and sell a Bumble method. But to actually do it properly, you have to have a team to test it. Um, and that's what I've noticed. And then within these groups, we're constantly like, we're constantly doing both, both Tinder and Bumble. But sometimes you'll have more of a, a Tinder heavy group and then a, a Bumble heavy group of people who have seen more success with Bumble, seeing more success with Tinder. So for evergreen dating apps, Get into the right communities where you can test and share results, but actually test so you can share the results and provide some value. Yeah, this is definitely a rising tides lift all boats type of world where helping each other is just going to help 
help yourself and everyone kind of rise together. On that note, what we're going to do is we're going to stop this episode right now. Come back to the second part of the episode where I ask BTZ a little bit about his recruiting methods. He probably won't share everything, but he did say that.